This morning, God's Word comes to us from Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4, we're going to be reading just the first 11 verses of this chapter. Matthew 4, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's Word. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Psalter hymnals to page 896 in the back section. Page 896, this is Lord's Day 52. And this morning, I will read for you just question and answer 127. Reading from page 896, question 127, what does the sixth petition mean? The answer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil means. We are so weak that we cannot stand on our own for a moment and that our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that we may not be defeated in this spiritual fight, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. Well, we have come to Lord's Day 52 of the Heidelberg Catechism, the last Lord's Day in the Catechism. However, we are not quite finished with the Catechism yet. Lord's Day 52 deals with two different matters. Uh, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it deals with the sixth petition of the prayer. We're going to talk about that this morning. But it also deals with the conclusion of the prayer, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And we will look at that next time we look together at the Heidelberg Catechism. The sixth petition. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. As we think about that sixth petition of the prayer, there's obviously a connection with the previous petition, the fifth petition. Both deal with the matter of sin in our lives. We talked last time about the fifth petition and our sin as a debt that was owed to God. Remember, kids, there was a certain man owed a million dollars, our debt too big to pay. And that because of our inability to pay, God would come and send his son and in his grace take that debt away, pay that debt in the, in the work of his son, Jesus Christ. Here we talk about our sin in terms of the temptation to sin. A, a sin that we must actively battle throughout our lives. In many ways, we could say, with regard to the fifth petition, we are somewhat passive. There is this debt that we owe, we can't pay, and God comes and does everything necessary. With the sixth petition, it is a call to actively work against sin in our lives. A call to us to be diligent in the way that we live and not being led into temptation. Now, we know that... Uh, James tells us God never leads, uh, God never tempts us, but does, God does lead us. And we see that temptation comes from Satan, temptation comes from the world, temptation comes from our own sinful desires. And we even notice that in our story here. Jesus was led by the Spirit, but he was tempted by the devil. God is in control of all these things. And so we pray that he would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We looked this morning at Jesus' temptation. And we see in, in Jesus' temptation and how he responds to that temptation, a picture and instruction for us. Jesus came not only as the second Adam, he came as the second Israel, the one who would be God's chosen. And just as Israel was led into the wilderness, there to be tempted to leave God, Jesus is led in the wilderness. And we see in him, in his answers, a picture of how we are to respond to temptation, relying upon God to take us through. That's our prayer, relying upon God to take us through and relying upon the promises of his word. Our text begins, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I always smile just a bit as I read that. Uh, Matthew uh, declares the obvious to us. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and he was hungry. Imagine that, kids. Fasting, not eating anything for 40 days. If you were going to do that, and you started today, you wouldn't eat for the rest of this week, and you wouldn't eat for the next week, you wouldn't eat till this month was over, and then you wouldn't eat for almost three weeks into next month. Jesus fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, and he was hungry. 
And it is there, in this weakened condition, that the devil will come to him. Now remember, Jesus, while he was truly divine, he was also truly human. He needed food and drink, so he was in a weakened condition as he has not eaten for these 40 days and 40 nights. And that's, that's where the devil comes to attack. Attacks him in his weakness. Look at verse 3. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. He was hungry. And the devil says, well, then make some bread. The devil doesn't come to him and say, oh, I know you're hungry. Why don't you, um, why don't you make yourself a warm house? You're, you're hungry? I, why don't you make yourself some nice clothes? You're hungry? Make some bread! He comes at his weakest point and brings the temptation. Why don't you make some loaves of bread? You haven't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights, and you're hungry. Just make yourself some bread. The devil hasn't changed his tactics. When he comes to tempt us, he will often come to us where we are weakest. If we struggle with the sin of pride, the devil will come to us and say, but look how great you are. Look how many wonderful things you can do. Look what you're doing right now. And he will, he will feed that weakest point, our pride. If, we, if our weakness is that we think we are so strong we can withstand anything, that's where the devil will attack. You are so strong, he will say. In fact, you are such a strong Christian that you could go ahead and commit this sin and it really wouldn't be a harm for you. The devil comes where we are weakest and brings his attack. And we all have those places in our lives where we are even more susceptible to the temptations of the devil. We are entering into preparatory week, looking forward to celebrating the Lord's Supper this coming Good Friday evening. And part of that preparation is reflecting upon who we are and recognizing we are weak. We are in a weakened condition. And left to ourselves, we would easily succumb to every temptation the devil brings into our lives. The devil comes to Jesus in his weakness. And how does Jesus answer? It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus responds with God's word and with God's promises. And it is there that he finds his strength. The word of God perfectly answers the temptation. The devil says, make bread. Jesus says, but the, but the word says, you shall not live by bread alone, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He declares his reliance upon God his reliance upon God's promises. And so, so this coming week, as we prepare to come to the Lord's table, and we recognize our weakness and our frailty, we acknowledge that to God. We also take our comfort in the promises he has made. 
He has promised us that He would work in our lives, that by His Spirit we can overcome sin. Yes, we are weak. We don't don't find our strength in ourselves. We find our strength in God and what He has done. Jesus responds with the Word of God as Satan comes to Him. Kids, that's that's why it's so important to spend time memorizing God's Word. Because in the Word of God, we have the answers to the temptations that Satan brings. That's why it's so important to hide God's Word in your heart. That when Satan comes with that temptation, the Holy Spirit may call to mind that which you know. That which you know to be true. But the Holy Spirit doesn't call to mind that which was never there. We must be people of the Word, finding our reliance in the Word of God. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from His mouth. Oh, we recognize our weakness. We recognize we have to look to God for that strength. Satan comes a second time to Jesus. Verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan comes a second time. This time, he is taking God's word on his lips. But as he so often does, he takes that word and he twists that word. He makes it say what it does not intend to say. Satan comes and says, uh, if you're the Son of God, then the Bible says that he's going to command his angels, and they're not going to let you strike your foot against a stone. You know, it really seems like you should do this. You're just following the Word of God. The devil comes and twists that word and makes it seem reasonable for Jesus to follow his request, to cast himself down. He's he's saying, look, if you really are who you say you are, then then trust God, or more properly, test God to demonstrate his love for you. He said he would do it. Now go ahead and throw yourself down and see if he does it. To try to bring God to a test. To see if God really will do what he said he would do. That's, That's Satan's tactic here to twist the word of God and make it seem reasonable for Jesus to throw himself down because of what the Bible says. Once again, how does Jesus respond? Verse 7, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And I think, again, growing up, I misunderstood this text. I thought Jesus was saying to Satan, you shouldn't be putting me to the test. But that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is, I will not put God to the test. He's quoting a story from Deuteronomy where they're reminded of the people testing God, asking God to prove himself. Satan says, look, God said he'd do it. Make him prove it. See if his word is true. And Jesus says, I will not do that. I will not put God to the test. I will not ask him to to right now demonstrate his love for me. I know he loves me. 
When we come to those times of temptation and we see the Word of God being twisted even in our own minds, we don't ask God, look, now prove that you love me. Prove your Word is true. Do something now. We reflect on what God has already done. He has already demonstrated His faithfulness to His Word. He has already demonstrated His faithfulness to every one of His promises. That He will care for us. That He will provide for us. He has taken care of our greatest need. Our need for new life. Our need for salvation. He has fulfilled all the Old Testament promises in sending His own Son to come and die on the cross for us. Why would we ask Him to prove His love? He has already proved it abundantly in the sending of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He calls out, He calls out to us yet again today to put our trust in that one Savior of sin, that one hope for salvation, that one who will give us strength against temptation. He calls us today to put our trust in Jesus Christ, to know that assurance of salvation, to know that love of God because of what he has done, because he's proved himself beyond anything we could ask for today. He's given us his son as a savior. Satan comes one last time to Jesus. Verse 8, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Satan comes and promises him the world. I will give you everything. Everything your eye can see, I will give it all to you. The only thing you have to do is just compromise on your devotion to God. That's all I'm asking. You say you want to worship God, just, just compromise a bit on that devotion to Him. And I will give you everything. And again, Satan has not changed his tactics. He comes to us and he says, all that your eyes can see, everything your heart can imagine, I will give to you if only you'll compromise on your devotion to God. If only you won't be so hung up on doing things God's way. Oh, the lure of the world is ever around us. Satan uses that same technique. I'll give you everything. Just compromise on your devotion to God. I will give you the best job, the highest pay. I'll give you the corner office. If all you do is compromise on your commitment to keep the Lord's day holy. Oh, I will give you the most exciting marriage that you can imagine. If only you will compromise on that thing about being unequally yoked with unbelievers. He comes to our young people and he says to them, 
I will give you the most exciting life. I will give you the most unbelievable dating experiences you can imagine if only you will compromise on your commitment to sexual purity. Satan comes and he promises the world. It is a lie. It is an absolute lie. He comes and shows us the glories of the world, saying He'll give them to us. But rather than giving us the glory, we become enslaved by the world. We become enslaved to our sin. How does Jesus answer? He says in verse 10, Be gone, Satan, it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. A wholehearted devotion to God. Him only shall you serve. We are not to give in to the, the, uh, the glorious things that Satan offers to us. But there's to be an honest enmity. We are to battle against him. That's our prayer. Deliver us, God, from evil. Again, from our confession. We are so weak that we cannot stand on our own for a moment. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we may not be defeated in this spiritual fight. Help us to battle. Help us to stand against the wiles of Satan. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Of course, as we pray that prayer, God, lead us not into temptation. We must also be careful not to deliberately place ourselves into temptation. If we are trying to keep our minds and hearts pure, we will not deliberately be going to the internet and looking for sites we should not be looking at. If we are trying to, to, to be good husbands and fathers and family men in our home, we will not give ourselves to our work 80 hours of the week and just show up at home once in a while. We must not lead ourselves into temptation. No, God, help us to serve you. Serve you only. Keep, keep that which you would desire for us, which you have revealed to us. Keep that as forefront in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. Jesus says to Satan, be gone. And we read the devil left him. Be gone. And the devil leaves. The devil did not win in the temptation of Jesus. And and as God's Spirit works in us, we too, not because of our own strength, but because God is at work, we too can have that beginning of victory over sin. But we have to also say, be gone. The trouble is, too often we just say, see you later. We return to court our sin. We reject the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. 
We reject the call to stand firm against the devil's tactics. God tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's not only for Jesus. <laughs> That's for those who are found in Jesus and live in his strength. Lord God, uphold us. Make us strong by the power of your Holy Spirit. We may not be defeated in this spiritual fight, but may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. The victory is ours in Christ Jesus. The battle for sin has been won by Him. And yet until we look for that final consummation when Jesus Christ comes again, we are to continue the battle. Not to give in to our sin, but to battle against that sin. Again, the connection with the fifth partition. When we fall, we pray, God, forgive us. Forgive us our debts. And then we say, and lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Give us the strength to fight against sin our whole life. It's a beautiful prayer. Asking God to work in the life of the believer. We recognize, left to ourselves, we are too weak to stand even for a moment against Satan, against the world, even against our own flesh, our desires. And yet God has given us his spirit. He has given us this beautiful picture of Jesus Christ, the second Israel, who would go into the wilderness and come forth victorious. And for all who are found in him, we have the assurance of that same victory in eternity. In this life, we'll still battle. In this life, we'll still struggle. But we know we will not go down to defeat. For Christ himself has won the victory and assured our victory. So Lord God, we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we do confess when we consider our sin, when we consider our actions, our words, our thoughts, we are so weak, we are so frail, we are so easily entangled in sin. And so we pray that you would forgive us our debts, and we pray you would make us strong in the battle. You would help us to resist the devil and the world and our own flesh. Not because we are so strong, but because Jesus Christ is the perfect victor. He is the one who was victorious over Satan in the wilderness. He was the one who was victorious over Satan on the cross, securing, assuring us of our salvation, and by his Holy Spirit directing us in this life to continue that battle until you come again. Hear our prayer, O God. For Jesus' sake, amen.